You're listening to the new Axe Church podcast channel. Now onto the podcast. Welcome to another Axe Church podcast. Glad you're with us. Uh, my name is Hunter. I've got David Robinson with me today, and we have a special guest. Yeah, we got uh, Wes Smith, who is the district superintendent for the Northwest District of Wesleyan Churches. We're out here on location in historic Billings, uh, beautiful Billings. I don't know. I've never been here before. <laughs> we? Billings. We're in Billings. So if yeah. you're from Billings and you listen, hey, we're we're in your hometown. We've done what we've done. Texas, Hawaii, Billings. I'm trying to think where else. We, we tried to do it in Honduras, but it was too rainy or something. Yeah, it was too it was loud. Pounding um, on the roof. So there's another one of those on location. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna chat with uh, with Wes today about kind of what he does and what's going on. So uh, hey, Wes, how's it going? It's going really well. Good. It's going really well. Good. Yeah. Tell tell uh, tell us kind of what we're here for this this uh, week, so that people kind of uh, understand what we're doing. Yeah, so all the pastors and the teams from our churches gather. Uh, there'll be eighty plus churches represented here from our network family, and what we talk about is multiplication primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we're going to close the gospel gap how we are going to reach the over 200 communities in our region that don't have a competent presentation of the gospel, and the value of becoming a church that's a river, not a lake, right? That plants and sends out, doesn't just build and gather. Right. And so that's the idea of this and and all the times we get together. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Wes. I know um, you pastored for a long time before becoming superintendent. Uh, give uh, Give us kind of some of your background. Yeah, so uh, I had the opportunity actually of leading three different churches before I became a superintendent, uh, one in one in Montana and one in South Dakota and Wyoming. So right in this region, I had a chance to lead and pastor for a number of years, uh, about, what would that have been, 20 years or so, that uh, had a chance to be in ministry, all kinds of different kinds of churches, and uh, some small, some very, very large, and just, uh, just, just real fulfilling, have a have a real personal passion for uh, helping pastors and churches thrive. And uh, so now I've been a superintendent for, what, uh, seven years, I believe. And uh, I am so excited uh, for what we're doing. I just, just just had lunch with one of our pastors who's got 18 church planters that they're launching out. And uh, they have another, I think, 60 that they're preparing. And so wow. watching those kind of stories and getting to be part of them. I live for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about what the district superintendent does. Like what's your kind of day-to-day schedule and how how does it go? Sure. Yeah, unfortunately for me, one of the things I miss about pastoring is I don't get to have a day-to-day schedule, sadly. I, uh, you know, if a church is in turmoil and churches are full of human beings, right? So what that means is they're going to be uh, in turmoil sometimes. Mm -hmm. There's going to be disagreements and all kinds of stuff. And so... When that happens, uh, I go on site and help walk them through that. Uh, I strongly support our pastors, so I, I walk them through those journeys and help them. And then, and then uh, I love to get to know the people in our congregation, so I love to visit. So a lot of what I'm doing is traveling. Uh, I put, uh, I think, 60,000 miles on my truck this year, and I had a, mm, tens of thousands of flight miles. And uh, what that means is I'm just visiting churches constantly, even churches that are thriving, I like to just be there and celebrate with them. Mm-hmm. But a big part of my role uh, is to help pastors be the best leader they can be. Yeah. And so 
I would say 80% of my time is with pastors uh, providing encouragement, mentorship, helping them uh, be all they can be. So I do a lot of that, uh, and I'm on the road a lot. So. so tell our listeners so that they, because I don't know if they know what kind of the size of the district, what sure. states are involved, and yeah. so on. So I'm a I'm a district superintendent of a district called the Northwest District, and that's Alaska, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. And then I'm a regional superintendent for all the Wesleyan churches west of the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. So all the states that are involved in that. So And before this you were you were the district superintendent in what what is in it? Mountain, Plains. Mountain Plains. Uh so yeah, that would be Nebraska, Colorado and Texas and Louisiana and New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So basically you know, during the last seven years you have covered the the better part of the western better part western of the western United, United States. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's, a, I mean, that's obviously between those two districts, that, that's a lot, I think, probably more in this district, which is larger than, than that, but a lot of churches. A lot of churches. Big, lot small, of churches. I mean, yep, talk absolutely. about kind of the diversity of what kind of churches yeah. we have. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. I'll, I'll be in Las Vegas next week with the church that's around 18,000, uh, not including their online campuses, mm-hmm. and uh, then in three weeks, I'll be at a Tongan church of probably uh, 33 in Salt Lake City, and then I'll be in uh, Saldotna, Alaska, uh, with a, you know, uh, a church of a couple hundred, and then I'll be uh, uh, in South Dakota in a town of 15 with a, with a church of seven. So mm-hmm. it just, uh, it's a right. quite a diverse situation. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful, though. Absolutely, and I, I think yeah. I think for some people, or for a lot of people, they still struggle kind of with the uh, with the whole denominational structure, yep. the way that people do these things. And we're seeing right now in the United Methodist uh, denomination kind of a big split and a big row. And yep. um, without, I mean, we could do several broadcasts right. probably on right. that yeah, issue. You could. <laughs> we're not we're not going to go there. The point is, they see they see sort of the bad side of yep. it. And right. and for us, we were right. you know for those those who are listening don't know, Axe Church was an independent. Church who joined with the Wesleyans because we believe that together we're stronger yeah. and that, that we can do um, that. There's something about uh, an organization that can serve the Church of Seven and yeah. the Church of Twenty Thousand, yeah. and and that that working together, you know, for the gospel for the kingdom is is a good thing. So, just talk to me, kind of off off the cuff, about sort of your philosophy and your vision for why um, the quote-unquote denomination, or we can just call it a partnership, which is all denominations have ever been, um, why, why that is something that we need right now mm-hmm. um, in, this, in this time, in this culture. Yeah. You know, more than ever, connectedness matters. So when, you, when you're on your own, you can have moments, eras of time when there's thriving and some stuff going on. And you know this, like as a as a human being, like when everything's going perfectly, you don't really need others very much. Like like you, at least you feel like you don't. You right. do, but you don't. You feel like you don't. But when 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 it hits the fan, which it always hits the fan eventually, eventually right? Yeah. Eventually, it does. Usually sooner rather than yeah. later. When it does, you need companionship. You need the wisdom. You know, iron sharpens iron. The encouragement. You need all that stuff that that you're just better with someone. Mm-hmm. And, and even when things are going well, 
you at your best aren't as good as you and somebody else at their best, right? right? So you can never be all you can be. And in tough times, you just you you just you tend to fall apart if you're not part of a team. God just designed us for community. That's just right. his one of his laws, right? right? And and we can operate outside of it, and it, we don't die instantly, but we just don't thrive as much. Right. And so denominations at their best are a family that holds each other accountable, that coaches, that loves, that supports, that provides all the things God meant for community to, to provide. And that's why. I still think with all of the imperfections of denominationalism, right, Mm -hmm. with all the imperfections, I think we're better off with than without because of that. And and, and I see that all the time. I see churches and leaders that would have not survived and not be thriving if it wasn't for that partnership. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean... And I have such a heart for all the horror stories when it goes wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like like community in general can go really, really wrong. Right. Mm and so we we really work to try not to be the kind of kind of family that micromanages one another that that competes with one another that does all the dysfunctional things that families can do right mm-hmm. so so we try to work to avoid those things while while getting the positive out of it and i think for the most part we get it right we we correct every year right we adjust right, right. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah you but yeah one of the things that i think uh was attractive about, I mean, there's lots of denominations that do lots of different things. Um, and I'm, and you know, obviously there are ones that have issues and, and not, and a couple of things that, that I want to walk through. One of is what we do to make sure that we don't have the kind of drift that some do yeah. before I get to that. You know, one of the reasons that we, um, joined and if there's pastors that listen to this podcast or whatever that are in that independent church and they're like, wow, that sounds good to have community that had to have, you know, somebody sort of watch my back and, and, and even that accountability that unfortunately, as we've seen, pastors don't always have. Um, but with a community like this, they can have what we really, what we really appreciated about the Wesleyan denomination, much more so than the theological tradition, which is, of course, that's important, uh, mostly in that it's in that it's uh, a, a representation of orthodox theology, um, which is a, obviously that's necessary. You're not going to be like, well, I'll just go join the, you know, fill in the blank. I'm not right. going to name anything, knowing that their theology is off. But that's important, right? But but the way that we do things, and Wes, the way that you do things, um, the way that in this district, prior to to you being here, uh, Isaac, uh, your your dad did yeah. things. It's it's about pushing the kingdom forward, and it's very little about nitpicking um, issues of theology or kind of the us for and no more, and we're the only ones who do it right, and that sort of yep. attitude. Yep. Um, talk to me about your sort of philosophy and vision. Maybe if there are those pastors out there who listen to to this podcast or or whatever, and are thinking about you know should I should we look at um, joining up with a with the Wesleyans or with a denomination or whatever? Kind of give your pitch for. Um, why it's not the horror story that some people think that it can be. Yeah, I think there's two there's two ways denominationalism, being part of a denominational family, really goes wrong. And that is when those at the top don't see their primary role to serve. Mm-hmm. Rather, they see their primary role as to dictate. That's good. So what happens then is that go, that tr- that transitions down and churches they 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 feel that you know some sometimes you go to a church that's in that situation we felt under the thumb or they'll have these kind of phrases that mm-hmm. they use and i think you know jesus's motto was to flip that and 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 leadership matters and there's times when 
you have to take authority and make decisions or whatever. But mm-hmm. we we really believe the more decisions a local church makes, the better. Right. Generally, the local church makes better decisions than somebody far away. And, and that that mantra, that philosophy has served us really, really well. Yeah. So I think that's 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 a key part of it. And then second to that, certainly second to that, but but also, you know, e- extremely important is that it's 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 about relationship first. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have multiple ways that a church can. I think you guys were in affiliated status for a period of time, right? And you just we took you know two years to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. but we took two yeah. years and and. And, and we work through like, hey, this is a disagreement. We take some time. We work through that or whatever. We, we think it's about relationship. Right. We think uh, it's, it's forming that relationship and then deciding like if we, if we became full-fledged partners together, what would that look like? And there's that process. Uh, those two things, the way the top looks at the local church and the way that we value relationships, I think have won the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we... We, we doctrinally have some stands, and we structurally have a f- stands, but we try to make those minimal. We try to make the absolute non-negotiable. Like, we, have, we try to have a small list right? so that churches can have all kinds of different methods and personalities and ways of doing local church leadership and that, and, 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 and have a system that's dynamic and allows for that. We want to be more of a movement than a denomination. Absolutely. And so there, we try to keep those non-negotiables, like we try to keep that list really, really small. Right. I think that's made all the difference. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and your point that, that service has to be the, the mindset of leadership and that how that trickles down yeah. into the local church and not just into the local church, into every life group, small group, yeah. into everything yeah. that the church does. You yeah. know, for at our church for a long time, I think one of the places where we probably line up the most or or saw a kindredness is the fact that we've always been, look, leadership is service. It's yeah. not about it's yeah. not about lording authority. It's not about it's not that there's not authority. Right. Look, there's no question that right. you're the district superintendent and you have authority. Right. And and that that should be a comfort in a leader right. because they're a servant. Yeah. In, 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 when yeah. when Christ is leading, no question about who what he's got. Right. 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 No, there's no question. And yet, yeah. and yet, you could be comforted. Uh, his disciples, yeah. which we are, yeah. could be comforted in his in his leadership because we knew it came from a heart of service. Yeah. And that's what you have to see in leaders, uh, whether that's at the local church level, whether that's at the district level. Look, whether that's at your at your job, everything's ministry. Yeah. It, it, those of you who who uh, or who manage or who run a business or who whatever, if you're not putting those kinds of things out there, look, I'm here to serve. I'm here primarily. My job is to be the hands and feet of Christ and service to you. That trickles down in a way that not only makes people trust leadership more and give more authority when it's proper, yeah. but also helps people to grow and be themselves. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the theology side, not, yeah, not sure. Wesleyan theology necessarily, but um, you know, having since since I brought up the the UMC, the yeah. United Methodist Church, and what they're going through, you know, one of the things that we've seen, and and for those people like you and I who've who've been in, in the church a long time and, and are familiar with the theology of different uh, uh, different organizations, we've seen some of these organizations that have just had this drift, mm-hmm. right? They've just drifted. Mm-hmm. And seemingly, theology has has been at the whim of um, culture. Yep. 
And so we've seen this with, with United Methodist Church. They, they appear to be pushing back on that, which, which I think is a really good thing without making comments about the different plans and things that they have. But let's talk about how, how the Wesleyans um, are focused, you know, what, what we do to make sure that um, theologically on issues that are not negotiable, they're just, mm-hmm. they're just biblical. There's mm-hmm. just nothing to, there's nothing to talk about. How do we, how do we maintain that? What if, what, maybe you could give us a, a story or two of maybe a pastor or church who maybe started to get drifty and you had to go in share with us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are hard, hard calls. And, and <clears throat> we want to approach all these conversations with love. So let's just start with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to have those hard conversations but we, you know, we just, we just had, uh, matter of fact, we had a pastor in your region where you, you, you all op, um, do ministry, mm-hmm. where he, he submitted his credentials. And, and uh, that conversation, you know, we just had to stay firm with that. There, there are some, you know, Scripture is, is still the Word of God, right? <laughs> I and, hope so. <laughs> and so... That's a that's a non-negotiable, and and so uh, those conversations have to happen. We we believe as a denomination, whether it's the issue that you know primarily the the, the Methodists now are, are wrestling with the issue of homosexuality and those kind of things, and whether it's that issue or other things, we want to say hey, first of all we're gonna pre- we're gonna enter into the conversation respecting you and loving you, mm-hmm. and. There, we may end the conversation with you deciding you're probably a better fit in another denomination, mm-hmm. and and that may be the case. But we want to let you know, even if that's the case, and we'll love you. Mm-hmm. That so that's that'd be the first thing we always try to communicate. But written right into what we have is a constitution. Yeah, and a constitution is 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 virtually impossible to ever get changed. Mm-hmm. It would require so many votes by so many entities that, it, like, like even if it was a minor thing, it's um, it's it's just I can't ever imagine right. a scenario. It's so much more difficult with us than other denominations. The way we've structured our constitution, it would require district conferences and general conferences all mm-hmm. to vote so overwhelmingly that that it just. It's we we've had super minor issues in our constitution that the majority of us think should be changed that right. we can't get changed because right. we've made it so difficult. Right. So so a, a core bedrock. And even those are going, like gray area issues. That are very like, like deal, right? yeah, like 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 our membership requirements, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, whether a person uh, as a member. Should should commit to this, that, or other very small issue, not right. a biblical issue. Even those mm-hmm. have been super hard to change right. because of the way we wrote the, our constitution. Right. And while that can be sometimes frustrating, mm-hmm. what it does is it keeps the monumental drift kinds of things that right. you're referring to from ever happening because it just we just couldn't do it. Even if we all like wanted to, it'd be pretty much right. Right. we'd have to all want to. And and as you're seeing with. Uh, the Methodist Church and others, it, that doesn't happen. Right. So, so that that really, I mean, you, you're always concerned someday in the future 
and 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 so we're always vigilant with our ministerial process at our universities to hold them accountable, mm-hmm. to make sure there's not a culture shift that happens among us. Right. But the reality is the way we've structured our constitution, it's just not going to happen. It's drift proof. It, it yeah. just, you know, <laughs> it, if it ever does happen, it, there would have been so many other choices along the way that we wouldn't expect. It's crazy right. hard, crazy it's, hard. It's like, you know, business sometimes, I, you know, as you, you know, I'm an attorney as well as a pastor and started out um, practicing law. And so I still do a little bit of that. But when I'm dealing with a business client and it's like, Eventually, as an attorney, I'm always having to look at what could possibly go wrong, right? That's yeah. my job. Right. And so I'm looking at right. And there's a certain point, there's a certain line beyond which which I say, if this thing goes wrong, so many other things. Yeah. Like, we're all yeah. on the street at that point. Yeah. So we probably don't have to, yeah. to prophylactic that particular problem because it's just not. It's yeah. just that we're dead at that point. We I would mean, have been you know, dead long before that right. ever happened. I mean, you would have had, for, yeah. for the kinds of changes that you see in some of these churches, which primarily have been on social issues, quote-unquote, yeah. right. um, uh, the, the, the fact is is that for that to happen uh, in the Wesleyan Church, I think so many churches would have already left, yeah. would have already done that. Yeah. But talk to me about, because uh, what we're really talking about in, in, in a denomination is an apostolic discipleship process, right? And so... When you have, and you've been seven years now, two districts, so you've certainly had the, the issues. Talk to me about what it what it looks like and what your heart is for discipling pastors who do struggle with, say, an issue that's that's starting to get towards out of gray area and maybe into the, mm-hmm. to the real stuff. Would you describe mm-hmm. it as a discipleship process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would uh, for a period of time. And then at, at some point it maybe becomes a discipline process, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But initially it is. We have a situation right now where we've identified somebody who we don't think has crossed any lines, but we think there's potential for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we've called them into a conversation that'll happen every other week. Mm -hmm. And that conversation will be with with other leaders who will walk that journey with them and really challenge them and and do study with them and begin that process. And at the same time, we're monitoring what gets taught in that local uh, congregation to make sure we know when a line gets crossed. and that pastor is very willingly submitted to this because mm-hmm. uh, we said, hey, if you end up going this direction, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be Wesleyan anymore. Right. Uh, and so we just want to have a conversation with you. And if you choose not to be, we're not going to, uh, you know, do a newspaper ad right. that says you're a despicable human being. We're just going right. to empower you to be a minister in another, uh, another church family. Right. And, uh, but, but for, for us, here's what we believe. And we want to just make that a conversation. And then we have others. We have others who are just beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have an opinion one way or another on about a thousand different things. Right. And so it's, it's, it behooves us because it used to be all your ministers like came out of seminary, right? Mm-hmm. In the old days, like, mm-hmm. like now, Ministers come from it. We have attorneys who are turning into ministers, right? right. So, so God help us, yeah, right, right? So, so in those scenarios, uh, it's very important to have a discipleship conversation early on, yeah, and to have that have that going. So, it's a different kind of discipleship, but absolutely in both cases, we we view it as a discipleship conversation. Yeah. So one of the things I love for us is we have. Um, for those of you who are at Axe Church, you you know Roger Metcalf, one of our elders, one of the leaders of our church, and he's of course been, shoot, on every every committee and yep. and, yep. and whatever yep. in the Wesleyan Church coming yep. back and forth. But I love the fact that I've got that we have um, 
I'm, I'm not going to call it oversight, but a partnership with people who who are connected yeah. with the leadership and who and, right. and so that we can always make sure that not only that we're doing that we're staying true to scripture and right. that we're doing what we ought to do, but that the the district at large and and of course the denomination at large are also on track with where we are. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's comforting. It's comforting yeah. to have that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've we've probably dealt with some of the issues that um, with the denominational thing, and I know for for Acts Church. What most of them have noticed, I think, about becoming Wesleyan is that there's nothing that, you know, there wasn't this moment where um, there was this really hard change and we went through sort of church puberty or something. There was nothing, you know, there was nothing weird like that. Instead, what happened was we just gained brothers and sisters yeah. who are part of, we already at Acts Church, you know, we have 30 churches in the Philippines. We got Honduras, we got a church up in Alaska, a small uh, 12 person or so um, thing going on. So we've, had, we've already had a, a group. Yeah. And so they were familiar with that concept yeah. um, and that and that biblical imperative that we ought to be expanding. And so that's what I want to move into next is, is your passion, your heart yeah. for church planning. And right. I want to talk about, um, obviously, going into this, um, Wes, maybe you and I another time can get, um, can do another one of these about strategies and, and, and the different right. things that are out there. And I want to talk a little bit about that today, but I want to just want to be clear. Obviously, there are tons of strategies how right. to get the gospel. And none of them, or very few of them, would be wrong or right. unbiblical. Right. It's all about what's effective. Now, you have a district that I think um, very few people have the challenge that you have, which is you have what I, you know, the I 5 corridor, which is, you know, Bellingham, Seattle, uh, Tacoma, Vancouver, Portland, Eugene, all of that. That's all, that's all your. Yep. Your stuff, which is entirely yep. different than where we're sitting right now, right. I'd say Billings, which is also your district, or Soldana, uh, yep. Alaska, right, which is also right. your district, um, and so or Utah or these different places. So you got all these places, and we have to have a strategy for church planning. Yep. Um, uh, and what I mean by church planning, if you're not familiar with that, we're just talking about new churches, uh, new new representations of the body of Christ that are that are seeing people come to saving faith in Christ and seeing them be discipled. So when I say church planning, that's all we mean by that. Um, talk to me about your heart for church planning. Talk to me about some of the things that, some of the difficulties you've run up against, all of that. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> God never meant for the church to be like a lake where you just gathered stuff to itself and it served kind of its purposes but did very little for for the greater population. Mm -hmm. He meant for us to be much more like a river, ascending place that ended up in, in destinations that you'd never dream of when the stream started, right? Right. And, and, and so he says, you know, Go, he says, you know, he sends the 12. There's all this language in Jesus's ministry, and none of it is about come gather accumulation. It's about go, reach, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so I am firmly on the side, you know, this whole exponential movement that's sweeping our country. Uh, I'd, I'd much rather see uh, 10 churches, uh, healthy churches, maybe they don't ever go above five or 600, but they're healthy and they're planting and they're going. Then one church, you know, one location, people driving for hundreds of miles to get to it or right. whatever. And, and so what we believe is God's heartbeat is that 
large churches and small churches get launched in, in all kinds of places. CrossFit gyms, beautiful sanctuaries, coffee shops, homes, parks, you name it. Mm-hmm. That all kinds of different people, right, would find these communities where they can come and they can learn about a God who loves them. Mm-hmm. And that's the heartbeat of who we are. And that's and that's what's happening. And you take a place like the I-5 corridor. Okay, so you've got some people along the I-5 corridor that are, are are quite a bit different than you do in Salt Lake City. Sure. So if a church in uh, the I-5 corridor is going to be successful, it's going to be a very different kind of church probably, right, mm-hmm. than, it, than it is the I-5 corridor. And so hopefully we can launch these kinds of places that fit the local culture, mm-hmm. that, and some of them will be giants. And some of them will be these little things that you don't even hear about publicly. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea of church planning. Because if we if we just have some cookie-cutter large churches, we'll only reach a very small part of the population. Right. So, so we want to create this movement where people in Acts Church mm-hmm. are being trained to go. Mm-hmm. And who knows where all they'll end up. And who knows what kind of communities of faith they'll create. But that's up to God, right? We just train and tell them, you have a place in the kingdom. And, and some of those churches will be will be magnificent. There'll be more than Acts churches. And some of them will be these three or four uh, person faith communities in Timbuktu that you never dreamed of, right? Right, right. But that's the dream. And mm-hmm. we think that's God's dream. And yeah. it's happening among us. Holy yeah. cow, it's happening. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the idea of multiplication as a... Scriptural, biblical, Jesus uh, uh, type of uh, of movement is yeah. is is obvious. I mean, if you've if you ever owned rabbits, you know all yep. about multiplication, right? Yep. And, yep. and the there is a um, there is something unhealthy. Even even when we talk about bodies of water, there's something unhealthy about a lake that's sitting there with nothing coming in or going yep. out, right? Yep. Um, and so the yep. the idea of a look where flo- people are flowing into the local church being transformed by Jesus Christ, being yep. trained by the leadership that's there and going out yep. to affect culture. However, however that works and it, and it works different for different places. Yep. And, and again, like I said, strategies um, or particularized strategies for, for different areas may be different, but, but it's all the same thing, which is, Hey, let's, let's continue to get out there and not, and not only have an influence in each, in each little community as if it was its own thing, but as a movement, having an influence on culture. Yep. I mean, which is what yep. we saw. If you read the book of Acts, what yep. you're seeing is is the beginning of, in that first, let's say, 50 years of the church, you're seeing the beginning of a cultural movement that eventually swept the entire world. Yep. Um, and, yep. and we could talk forever about, historically, the things that went bad eventually when, when Christianity gained uh, political power and those kinds of things, which is a, which is a different issue altogether. But you cannot deny the effect that the resurrection of Jesus Christ had on changing a culture and changing the world um, in in ways that we now take for granted. Yeah, uh, you know, people people don't even get you know when they talk about I've got rights or I've got this or I've got this, they don't realize how much of what they would take as standard morality and standard was not standard right. um, until right. this type of a movement happened. Mm-hmm. And so when we're when we're saying we want to move the gospel and we want to move the kingdom forward, we're not just saying we want lots of churches and lots of people so that we can what I don't know, um, you know, build bigger buildings right. or something. We're talking about changing 
we're talking about the transformational Holy Spirit changing power of God in our community. And Absolutely. and it, this is how it happens. This is the model we've been given. Um, and so, yeah, we're passionate about it at X Church. It, the yeah. district is passionate about it. Um, tell us about, tell us a couple of the of the success stories that you're seeing right now. You talked earlier about, you know, you got somebody who's got what, 18, 18 yeah. got folks ready to go. Tell me about, yeah. uh, what, what are we seeing? Yeah, just had lunch with our pastor in Sioux Falls. Uh, they have, uh, I think they've planted 32 churches now. They have 18 more ready to go. And I think it's in the neighborhood of 50 that have just entered the training process who in a couple of years will be ready to go. It's just beautiful. Now that started for them, uh, about six years ago now. And so that's been part of a, part of the journey for them. It's been so fun to walk along that journey and watch God just do some things. Then we're seeing like, like another story we're, there's this new cowboy church movement, and mm-hmm. uh, it started actually in the South, and it's starting to just uh, spread. There's a whole lot of folks out there who are Western culture-minded, right, but they don't feel welcome in many of our churches. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole cowboy church movement now, and we're watching them. Uh, we've planted eight of those now and just have an expectation that many, many more will will, will get going in the next few years. So. We probably have, oh, oh, and our Native American. Uh, I think we they start out as campuses because sometimes multiplication is best started as a campus for uh, 9 to 18 months. Sometimes a campus after 18 months can start to get uh, too, you know, it, it, it's like it stunts its growth. It's like a, a child that never leaves. And so after 18 to 24 months, it, it can become, but in that first period of time, it can be incredibly healthy to, mm-hmm. as a way to multiply. Mm-hmm. And I think our, in our Native American ministry, we have something like 62 satellite sites now wow. and a, a church that's running about 7,500 in our Native American ministry. And many of those are being launched as a plant. Matter of fact, we're going to celebrate one of those tonight that we're, we're, that's, that's becoming a standalone church plant. And so it's just been so fun. We have a little church in Montana. Uh, it's a little country church, and it's starting to multiply to other rural locations, mm-hmm. and that's starting to be this rural hub. That's been fun because you have a church that's probably not running over 100, mm-hmm. and now it's got two other locations, and it's it's just going to keep going. So uh, in Lamont, Kansas, there's a church there that's running 120 and has planted five others, one of which is running 300 now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just beautiful to watch this thing start to take. It's taking hold in our nation. Yeah. Like this is sweeping our nation, this mm-hmm. idea. It's not just a Wesleyan idea. No, right. Uh, it's really sweeping our nation. We're starting to see multiplication happen everywhere. And I think it's going to change the world. Yeah. I really do. And it's comforting that it's not just a Wesleyan idea because— yeah. If it's <clears throat> if it's going to be successful, it's going to be a biblical idea, yeah, right? That's and exactly so, right. And so we're yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited for uh what what we may see happen and what we are seeing happen in terms of that because because we are at a time and a place where people are so hungry for truth. Yeah. And they don't know where to find it. And the model that we've had of kind of this lake mentality. Yeah. Um, which is which the problem with it is it's is 
people stop coming into the lake eventually yeah. because yeah. it starts to feel very there's there's something psychologically that happens when your mindset is not about multiplication yeah. there's something yeah. that because that's where the, the the kind of vain traditions that people associate with religion start to really get funky yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and can be ugly yeah. um as where when your mindset and your whole focus yeah. is how are we getting this out how are we moving this out yeah. like yeah of course great teaching great music all the things that 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 you know, we want to worship the Lord. We want to do all this, but but how are we? How are we making an impact outside of just where we're sitting? Yeah. If you're focused on that constantly, you're unlikely to slow down enough to get some of the the lack of health that comes up. Yeah. Right. Yep. Lakes want more from people than for people. Hmm. So what they do, they 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 have they have to continue to feed the system, right? With resources, with people, with workers. So they're always thinking of that internal thing, and they get to where they want more from people than for them. Right. And when that happens, it starts to get dysfunctional, and it's just like you mentioned, a lake that doesn't have water coming in or out. It, it eventually becomes a stale mm-hmm. kind of place. Right. So. Not a lot of not a lot of living fish in, no. in a lake with uh, with no water coming in right. or out. Right. Um, well, this has been good, Wes. Uh, anything else you want to share uh, with the listeners about? Um, this district or the Westland Church or just, uh, you know, something you want to, that you're, that's been on your heart that, that you think believers want to hear yeah. about? I, you know, what I'd like to actually share would be how much I'm excited about Acts Church. Uh, I bet there's people listening who aren't part of your family, and, and that's, that's tremendous, right? But specifically, I'd like to say the people who are connected with you all in ministry— I I just I have been and we as a district family have just been so excited, enthusiastic, grateful, uh, celebrating who you are as a congregation, who you're becoming, what your hopes and dreams are. Like you texted me the other day about a connection in Seattle and these other hopes and dreams that you have. We we just we're glad to have you part of our family and. Like all of our churches, you bring uh, just just a piece that was missing, right? We, that's the members of a body. We we bring Absolutely. a piece that, and and so we're just excited that you're part of our family. And we celebrate you. It's so great to be there when you guys did your announcement merger and all that stuff. And I just that's so great. And so as you go through the ups and downs of all that is involved in leading a church, mm. just know. We're with you. Yeah. We want to help in any way, and we're so excited about who you're becoming. Yeah. Uh, and God will take you through blessings, and he'll take you through desert times, and, and, and you'll grow, and you'll be better. And, and, and we're just, we just want to walk that journey with you and so excited about it. So I just want to share that. Our heart is for the local church, and you're a perfect example of the kind of church that trying to figure it out and go forward with big hopes and dreams, and if God doesn't come through, you'll not achieve any of them. Right. Right? No, not a one. <laughs> that's not the thing one. we're all with. And, and, and so that's who we are. We just, it's, it's so fun to have you part of the family. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I know the leadership at Axe Church is excited about, you know, we, we feel like we're both pouring pouring gas on each other's fire by, by yeah. getting together. Um and and I would encourage other other churches, other other pastors, other people who are maybe finding themselves stuck or maybe seeing, yeah. hey, maybe are we are we becoming a lake? Is that our is that our mindset? Um, both to be looking into things like the exponential movement, which isn't a Wesleyan thing, but right. but a but a general thing. And there are other church planning movements that do it and and uh, or or joining up with a, yeah. with a group like the Wesleyans who have have open arms in terms of 
the way that that we that we move forward very strong theologically in terms of of where we stand but very open in terms of method and yeah. and the way that which is which is so refreshing um and so yeah we're happy to do that and, and it's been good to to have this conversation we've got a, another day and a half or so of, of this uh winter retreat here where you know, we'll connect again. This is the kind of thing you get the pastors together, yeah. you get the leadership together, and you say, "Hey, how can we help each other? And how can we move forward? And what's what are the trends? And and what's working for you? And what's working for us? And yeah. and uh, what a blessing to to have that type of a thing. So, thank you, Wes. Yeah, absolutely, um, Hunter. You've I wish you wouldn't talk so much during the podcast because <laughs> yeah. you're I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, so uh, I appreciate that. Let's pray uh, as we close this podcast, Father. I just thank you for. Um, for Wes and for for the Wesleyans and for Axe Church and for the, the many, many, the dozens of churches, dozens and dozens of churches that are represented by this district, Lord, and and all over the country and all over the world uh, where we are. We're just, all we want to see is that much is made of your name, Jesus. That's it. We just want to see people drawn to you. They're not going to be drawn to us. There's nothing There's nothing special about us outside of what you do in us. And so we we pray that people would come to, to know you. We pray that new life would be sprouting up all over the world. Um, we pray that we would just get to be a part of it, just to watch you work and to, and to use us. And I pray that our hearts would always be open and always be focused and always be passionate about seeing people come to know you and to grow in you and to, and to get through strong families and strong communities and, and and just pushing against the darkness that's in this world, Lord, and and seeing that spiritual battle that happens in the heavenly places. Uh, we, we know we've already won. You won. You, you, you rose from the dead. It's over. Um, and, and yet at the same time, there's so many people who, who choose to live in, in darkness, and we pray that they would, their hearts would turn, uh, that your Holy Spirit would draw them, that they would turn towards, towards you, towards the light, and that we would be um, part of that, just, just to let us be a part of watching you work in our midst. Lord, we pray that we'd be able to do that. And I thank you for, uh, for Wes and for the pastors that are here, and I pray for every one of their uh, individual representations of your body and for our corporate representation of your body here in this district in the Northwest. And uh, we just pray for growth and multiplication to move forward. In your name, amen. Amen. Amen.